you're tuned to One True Radio, and now another inspirational message from Reverend Hushpuppy. Friends, in these troubled times, we can turn to the healing arts and allow divine intervention to free us from the bondage of disease. And that's just what we'll do with today's guest, Wallace. Wallace, how are you feeling? All right, thank you. But the robbers took my violin and my cat. Wallace, do you know that the thoughts you have are optional? I called the police, but nobody was listening on the other end. Maybe there was a fire somewhere. Wallace, I want you to put your hands on this radio. Feel the warmth and know that you are being cured. Then I went to take a drink of water, and I saw my mother in the glass. She was saying, don't drink the water. But I said to her, Ma... I'm thirsty. We'll be thinking of you, Wallace, each and every time we turn on the radio, won't we, quiet our friend? And then I woke up in this place. That's all the time we have for now. If you'd like to share some experience of yours with Reverend Hush Puppy or any of the wholesome Family Time volunteers, write us at One True Radio, Circle of Brotherly Love, Temporary White Building, 5A Lagos, Nigeria, One True Radio. Minute Mystery, brought to you by Sleepy Bear Coffee. Mmm, it's the most stimulating thing you can do with your mouth. Now let's join Professor Nervo and his nervous companion Jitters in... The The Case case of of the the Twitching twitching Widow! You've got to believe me, Professor Nervo! Calm down, Widow Hesperus, you're a wreck, we believe you. Or I wouldn't have come with you to the morgue! Oh, spooky! John didn't commit suicide, his deathless foul play! Well, no much more when you see the body. Here it is. Now, Jitters, what's strange about the body? Well, it's normal for falling 28 stories, broken legs, Uh broken arms... Broken suspenders? Yeah! And what about his face? That big grin? That's not a grin, his lips are entirely burned away. This body has been drinking... Sleepy Bear Triple X Extra Caffeinated Coffee! He just bought a can to try it! The rules in the can say clearly, use your belt to lash yourself to a stationary object before drinking. And his suspenders didn't hold him when that extra energy kick hit him! So it wasn't suicide! No! Just another person trying to enjoy the full-powered goodness of Sleepy Bear Extra Caffeinated! But not following the directions. Let's buckle up and enjoy some now. This has been Minute Mystery, brought to you by Sleepy Bear, the -the over-the-counter coffee, remember? Look for me, the unconscious bear, in fine drugstores everywhere. Naked People's Court, the case of the car that got blown up. These people are not actors, they're naked. The plaintiff says that her boyfriend blew up her car after an argument. She's suing for a new car. She's naked. The defendant says he was just using some dynamite to clean out the trunk of his car, but he accidentally placed it in the backseat of her Camaro. He is naked. The guard, Old Red, is bringing them in right now. He's naked. Let's listen. All rise for Judge Whopper, who is naked. What shape was this car in before he blew it up? Sir, I have some pictures of evidence here. And what are these pictures of? Pictures of me naked, sir. Sir! Your Honor, sir! Young man, don't yell at me. What? I have some receipts from dry cleaners, repair shops. Don't bring that up here. Red, could you hand me those? Yes, sir. Thank you. Red, how are you keeping your badge on? I don't know. Is this a receipt for the dynamite? Yes, sir, it is. And what's this? That's a picture of me naked, sir. Your Honor. That's enough. I'll be back with my decision based on the bare facts. Well, the consensus in the courtroom seems to be that the defendant isn't liable for the plaintiff's car, but should have been more careful in where he placed the dynamite. I'm naked. Let's go back and see what Judge Whopper has decided. Hey, can I come in? Everyone decent? Come on in, Judge. We're all naked. Oh, hi, everybody. Whoops, I'm naked. We We are, are too. We, okay. Here's my decision, so shut up and listen. You gotta pay for the car. Next time you're naked, don't take it out on the street. Take it to court. Naked people's court. (laughs) 
I'm producer Richard Attaboyo. Welcome to Life Unearthed. Last time we looked at mud. Today, the next evolutionary step, the cheeses. In this cave in Tanzania, we find pools of primitive milk. Unchanged for millions of years, the milk is happy here. However, it could not move if it wanted to because it is a liquid and slave to the shape of its container. To survive the less hospitable Caucasus mountains, milk had to develop a consistency. Here we find the first yogurts. How did this lumpy sludge evolve into the great variety of cheeses we find world over? The missing link can be found in Alaska. Frozen, almost indistinguishable from the snow itself, is cottage cheese. Found here with the remains of a primitive fashion model. The cottage cheese's texture and coloration were effective camouflage. Here in the Amazon, we find the most dangerous of cheeses, the jalapeno fire cheese. A predator approaches. Mmm, some cheese. Ooh, this is really hot. The individual cheese is sacrificed, but the cheese as a species is protected. Uh, I'm never going to eat this again. In Borneo, there are cheeses whose very scent can render a man unconscious. We will discuss them in our next program, Things That Stink. Another part of life unearthed. Greetings, radio listeners. We've just listened to a track from Duck's Breath Mystery Theater. And now it's time for Oob Radio Salon. Two hours of experimental frequencies performed live each week from the Chakra Trimp Research Kitchens of Northern California land. Good hello. This is Oob Radio number 646. Insominus Weltenschong. Special remote guests. Austin Rich. We are broadcasting live via DFM Radio International at dfm.nu. Join us on the radio chat, dfm.nu slash chat. Archived broadcasts of Oob Radio Salon are available at Internet Archive Podcasts, available on iTunes, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, and wherever you find podcasts. And now we begin our scheduled broadcast. Hey, Austin. You want to explain yeah. what we're doing here at all? Oh, well, you know, I thought source we might material, spend the that night kind of shit. Alone. If that's okay. Excerpts from the night, alone. By Richard Meltzer. What is this thing called night? What is most knowable is. Plato said that. 
I don't know most, but how about the converse? What is the least knowable, most unknowable, ain't? Don't know that either. This much I do know. Darkness isn't dying. I will not die at night. Night sweeps no thing from the table. The hand as dealt, she called to say, remains unchanged, unshuffled. A three-card flush, a pair of shit in hell. Night is paltry life everlasting. Everlasting this life, now. Misuses of Night, 1. Paul outside my room, black, 11-year-old, his uncle. You always talking to God? How do you know there's God? Well, let's put it this way. I've seen God. I've seen God the lonely night. Why does such shit anger me? Loneness. 
folds me like a like an army of sandwich ants. There is no mustard on the sandwich. No catsup, no mayo, margarine? There's margarine. And what's loner than margarine on white with a side of ants hate? are gray, and their families are shingles on the walls of hotels in Zurich. The Gray City. I'm so lone, I could. Croak of loneness, and the ants would. Bade. Sleep, perchance too. Actually, loneliness enfolds me like Miss G's gummy aperture on my prom.
I've got no time for courtship. single chapter alone, $8 is cheap. 
dirt, 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 dirt. Dirt sheet. And I also recommend Night Nights, page 203. A Tale of Two Nipples, page 134. And 17 bucks for a knock in the chalks. pages each. All could be chapters in the present volume. But especially Voyage. A shame to have already used it. In the service, the dust jacket says, of nonfiction. Dust cover pick is a Lulu. Buy it. Read it. Tear out the pages and paste them in this one. Western Amour, number four, to number three. Change the parked Trans Am she drove her bike into injuring, injury unchanged, to Avanti. Basic physical behavioral features remain the same, but make her a slightly bigger lush. Lend cars to a lush, and it makes sense nobody's ever lent me one. Saw her the other day at 
What am I saying? Fictional me iced her. Murder two with a bad man. The edge can be a quite a lethal blow. Seeing what's her name. Theories. Breakfast. Lack of sleep. Large pimple on her ass. Growth? How to use this book. Some guy from Roport Department of East Florida College, Vero Beach, takes three amazing snaps of the long-believed extinct alligator fish. The thing is 25 feet long and can be seen in one shot dwarfing a common reptilian gator. In another, a surfer's leg narrowly escapes ingestion. No ichthys ever had sharper chops.
or a heartier craving for gam. The majestic alligator fish, extinct no more. Resembles a barracuda, only thinner. Scalier and a smidge greener. Brought to the attention of the school's bio department, which hasn't been this stoked since the near capture of a cumnimbulus shark, radioactive hybrid of the great white. Marine experts take an active interest, as well as the Department of Swimming. Bandwaggers from the School of Fishing are told, hands off. This is our baby. Which is where I came in. I was there. Volunteering my servitude, I outfitted with gear. Scoob equipment with numbers and stencils. So I can't abscond. And lessons. To follow. Underwater camera, film, lenses, and lens caps. Same deal. I'm slightly fearful of the alligator fish. But not very. More afraid of drowning and not the best of swimmers. that of being, etc. And screwing up the photos, I'm afraid of, too. But I'll do all right. And maybe meet some girls. They wear slightly one pieces at East Florida. the latest styles. At the outdoor snack bar, they towel off, remove swim caps, and brush their hair. They're as thrilled about alligator fish, about THE alligator fish, as I. is a dream I have. 
branch epistemology and the synthetic a priori. What if, at the moment a child is about to walk, roller skates are affixed to its feet? Every time we turn around, it's tripped up and oxidized by light. PBS's finest hour? My Auburn Crack. The pulp paragon that helped me through an excruciating interval of coups withdrawal following E's adios. Has finally been adapted for the cathode screen. Masterpiece Theater, Tuesday at 10. This rousing production stars natural redhead Marsha Mason. In her hottest role yet. Scene where she humps the cobbler. Andre Gregory is too much. When she cuckolds Aunt Letty, Susan Strasberg, like, wow. Stovetop self-grat scene. Woo-hoo-wee. Proof that video theatric pornography delivers. As opposed to gene commercial pornography, or sitcom pornography, or anchor person pornography, which just make you squirm, itch, ain't got, got to have. The need equation exploiting you, the viewer. Write your U.S. Congressperson now.
story so far. The twin life impulses, cunnilingus and urination, versus the twin death impulses, vaginal intercourse and writing. A never-ending battle, which will win? Slated to appear on a radio show at 7, our principal cuts his thumb shaving. Arrives at 8.15 and is told, you're late. We don't know you. Get out of our sight. Taken aback, he runs into his bud, Johnny. Who sublets him a bare beat studio. Behind an old grocery, nine feet away from the sea. The building has wooden pipes that need replacement by winter. And the wily grocer, who for St. Patrick's Day is growing grass in his hair, offers him a choice. Walnut or oak. Oak. No, walnut. A decision he will soon regret. Skies blacken, the seas rise to within a foot of his window, and a power tool outage forces him to move to the Shademar Hotel. There he meets Pinky, an amputee with a taste for plug meat, poto. And a secret as big as your barn. Why don't we just drive somewhere? She might say. The night has a thousand lines. Late one day, while she's bathing her stump, he pours through her chest and finds $12,000 in carbon tetrachloride. Falls hard 
and weeds whistle and owls howl as he phones Miss Dunfay with the skinny. What would you say, May, if I told you I knew where to get some tonight? Just then, Pinky, all venom and virtue, stump wet and sassy, blazes, wet, wet, Gazula crying, stuff me, you big smelly hog, I slam the receiver, and walks Joe Monkey, Pinky drops her trowel. Basic questions. Where is what I'm looking for? What is what I'm looking for? Is it too late to look for whatever it was? Where might it? What might it be? What might I be?
The Earl of Pompous wore a long, long, greenish tan black striped scarf around his neck. wrapped around his neck and bald and nose, which was pointed like a cartoon witch. But it wasn't pointed yet, and he had white-rimmed child's glasses on. He got shot in the palm and blood gurgled out like for long, with it bleeding that badly down his arms. When he crashed, he didn't bounce far, and he was placed in the clear, inverted plastic dome provided, that had ridges and was transparent like those plastic things they pack meat in, so you can see the bottom of the meat through. He was hard red plastic by then, and the stripes on his scarf weren't painted in but the room was dirty gray. The three of us. I'm glad I'm not me. I'm glad I'm neither of me. I'm okay. They're okay? Don't tell me we're okay. Losing hand. The world turns and turns. And I haven't fucked the woman I currently love in a while. Entered, yes. Yeah. But 
not come in, or cared to come in. A losing hand. Ten minutes and it falls out. I'm too busy thinking about not thinking. Can't feature how long I'll luck out neglecting her needs. Although, why inflict this tomfoolery on anyone you love? Intimacy endures, has legs. But when the hunger and the mystery are both gone, why bother? left-hand express passion for a right. Lust, I avoid mentioning, for I am chicken shit, is a time-coded operation. Hunger and mystery? At least half the fucking I've done in my life has been done by day. all my final draft writing has occurred at night. Day is hunger. Night is mystery. Or is it? is night date means a night's right time lost hangover to follow a day date has its hangover if any in the night slot of day number one and night hangovers of day dates are writable
Excerpts from The Night Alone by Richard Meltzer.
little slice of the morning zoo. Now, when did disc jockey stop jockeying discs? That was the day the music died. And we heard Denny once again saving the day at Norton Corp. Before that, we heard an audio postcard from Missouri. Which was restful and yet disturbing. I'm Merle Kessler. I'm Bill Allard. And now, a longer piece. Once again, a look at a dystopian future. You want fries with that? I don't know when it got serious. I don't think anybody does. At the beginning, the burger wars were just fun, advertising campaigns, a a way to sell a couple billion more french fries, cheeseburgers, or those crust-covered chicken chunks. Rudy Toot Burgers is out to win the burger wars, and nobody's gonna stop us. You will come to our burger palace and eat. That's an order. (laughs) Don't buy those bozo burgers, though. They're terrible. Dad, are those hamburger people really mad at each other? No, son. They're just trying to sell their products. In fact, all the other burgers suck. He sounds suck, really mad, Dad. No, one. son, that's just good commercial <laughs> acting. You know what we do when we get a hold of some of those other bad burgers? We pulverize them. We mutilate them. We cremate them. You know what we do to their soft drinks? I don't know, but we hate them, and so should you. I don't know, hate, Dad. Hate he sounds burgers. really mad. Hate other burgers. Hate other burgers are bad. And then all those mergers started happening in the late 80s and the early 90s. Why didn't somebody speak out? Today's mergers. Texan World Energy acquired every kind of transportation incorporated, and Rudy Toot Burgers merged with Big Bang Munitions. Page 3, for what it's worth, Department. Modesto, California, the billboard read, Bozo Burgers make me throw up. After their 2 a.m. shift, two Bozo Burger workers set fire to the billboard. Before anyone discovered the fire, it spread to the Bozo Burger, the Burgers Are Us, Fast Pop Chicken Stop, and Take Out Tacos. By morning, Modesto's entire fast food strip was gone. So don't get hungry driving through Modesto. All the hamburgers there are too well done. Good day. A month later, over a thousand fast food outlets were gone. We didn't know that this was serious. This is the Channel 5 where the news and information break. The sun came up today at 5.45 and Charlie's instant lunch steaks went down at 5.46. The state bird of Colorado is the lark bunting. This has been the Channel 5 news, weather and information break. And now back to our program. A real war had started and nobody knew it. By the time we knew anything was happening, the bloated mega-corporations had already commercialized most of the smaller nations. The Rudy Toot Clown is here to visit you, sir. Well, send him right in. Wait, is the recording tape running, Rosemary? Of course it's running, sir. Good. Well, hello. I am certainly excited to meet the Rudy Toot Clown. I hear this is a pleasure if you get to meet the original Rudy Toot Clown. Well, thank you. How can I be of service to you? You can stop destroying our stores. We know you own Bozo Burgers and are determined to destroy us. I don't know what gave you that idea, Rudy. Me, I'm just a simple weapons manufacturer. But I do know that if you really wanted to destroy an organism, the best way is to eliminate the head. And you are the head. Right, Rudy? So die, clown. <laughs> Soon there'll be only one king of the burgers. 
me. Remember, burger is a German word. It means burger. Here, give me that crone, clone, before you get blood all over it. I thought you would try something, crap, and that's why I brought this. After the first nuclear explosion, it was impossible to stem the tide of destruction. We interrupt this program with a special news bulletin. A Pacific island owned by the Bozo Burger Corporation and home of their deep fat college where all Bozo employees train was destroyed by a nuclear explosion today. More Rudy on Toot news Burgers at claim victory six. in Europe today. A burger palace was established in Vienna and all resistance east of Leningrad was Bozo Burgers has claimed that its troops now have complete control of the Western Hemisphere. We interrupt this program with a special news bulletin. A Pacific island owned by the Bozo Burger Corporation. So why am I putting this tape together when there's so few people left to listen to it? Because I know that someday the earth will recover and people will be happy and shopping again and new malls will be built and new advertising campaigns begun and then maybe somebody will find this tape and play it for a few of the creative directors of the major advertising agencies and, and they'll talk their clients into backing off each other just a bit and maybe then... Hey, you there, you at the tape recorder. Oh, me? Yeah, you. Oh, it's a burger warrior. I can't tell which side he's on. You were I... recording something, huh? Hey, what's that you're reading there? Looks like a bozo burger wrapper. No, no, it's a Rudy Toot wrapper. It was all crumbled up, so it just Too looks bad, like... Too bad, sport. I'm a chunky chicken commando. Oh, no, no, but this sandwich has some chicken in it. At the top, it was a special combination hamburg chicken delight. It was really good. It was... Uh... Nice tape recorder. Tape in it, too. All right, I'll give it to my superiors. They can use it to record some more chicken chunk cha-chas for commercial distribution. Now, where's the rewind on this thing? The Burger Wars. When food fights, nobody wins. I'm Bill Allard. I'm Ro Kessler. Now this. This is a very special episode of Behind the Comedy, Road to Glory. 30 years of humor from Duck's Breath Mystery Theater. Say your ex-wife shows up at your door with a loaded machine gun. Oh, it happens all the time. Now say in half an hour you have an appointment with your dentist to have all your teeth knocked out with a ball-peen hammer. <laughs> I'm with you. What do you do? Well, I take two aspirin and check myself into the nearest psych ward for protection. <laughs> <laughs> Doug from Coalinga, you're on the air with Briggs and Stratton. Hello? Hey, you're on the air, Doug. What's happening, dude? Is this Briggs and Stratton? You're talking to him. What's happening, my man? You guys remind me of Belushi and Aykroyd. Hey, do you see Rocky Horror? Hey, this guy's a cretin. We don't have much time, Doug. What do you want to tell us? I like that part in Rocky Horror where that big guy, uh, the really big one who's wearing the dress, was singing that hey, song. Hey, good luck with your brain operation, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you were kidding about my ex-wife and the machine gun, right? Would I lie to you? <laughs> I, I don't know. Would you? <laughs> of course I would. <laughs> hey, man, like that. <laughs> well, yes, yesterday was the anniversary of our, our divorce, and I thought, um, well, never mind. <laughs> I tell you, ladies and gentlemen, this guy's an absolute animal. Yeah. You cannot invite this man to your home without him stealing all the silverware and molesting yeah. your pets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> got me thinking about the past, Stratton. Hey, how much longer we got? 
Wait till the spot, bozo. We'll be right back after this important blooper from hell. <laughs> What's the matter with you, man? Save this crap for your analyst. <laughs> Hi, this is Danny, in-house psychologist for the Norton Corporation. Danny, this is Bob, the elevator operator. Oh, yes, Bob. How are you? Terrible. I feel obsolete. Most people come in and just push the little buttons themselves. So tell me, why am I trapped in this little box going up and down and up and down and Bob, up and I know down? that nowadays most elevators are automated and so is yours. But the Norton Corporation is a people-oriented corporation. And besides, you're in the union. Denny, I'm going up topside to the roof to oh. breathe some air oh. and think. Well, be careful, Bob. Being outside is completely outside your job description. Yeah, I'm over here, Denny. Uh, Bob, being on the roof is also outside your job description. Will you just look at that view? Seems yeah. abnormal to spend your whole life in an elevator, doesn't it? You hate your work. That's normal. Denny, I've made up my mind. I'm going to take the stairs all the way down to the street and just walk away from this place. Bob, that's a lot of steps to take all at once. Denny, elevators have made us afraid of the stairs. And the stars. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? No, but that doesn't mean it doesn't make sense. As far as I can see it, you have an attitude problem. Think of yourself as a passenger, and then you'll feel Denny, like an... goodbye. Goodbye. And thanks. Bob, can I ride the elevator down? Bob, it's 30 floors to my office. Bob! One last adventure with our brave psychologist, Denny. And one last adventure with Briggs and Stratton and the morning zoo. Now we'll end this show with a rarity. It's about Brooke Shields. Remember her? But it could just as well have been about Paris Hilton or, uh, uh, you know, what's her name? Right, the woman who was in that thing. Right. Good day to you. I'm Fred Coppler, and this is The Brook Report. The Brook Report is brought to you by People Products. Open up a box. Find a friend. Well, an exciting day may have ended prematurely in disaster today for Brooke. She awoke at 10.47 a.m., and after a light brunch of yogurt and whole wheat toast, she tried on Kelvin's until noon. She was by the pool working on her tan when she was interrupted by a phone call from Franco Zeffirelli. It was around this time that the disaster occurred. For the details of that disaster, let's go now to our penthouse correspondent, Dave Runkle. Dave? Yes, Fred? What happened exactly when Brooke picked up the phone? Well, Fred, reports are still coming in. But as near as we can tell, Brooke reached for the phone to answer the phone, as it were, and the phone slipped from her wet fingers. She had been swimming, Fred, so her fingers were wet. Well, excuse me for interrupting, yeah. Dave. I understood she was working on her tan, but she was swimming? Yes, Fred. That's unusual, isn't it, for Brooke to actually go in the water? It is a significant variation from her daily routine, just how significant it's perhaps too early to tell. Now, she dropped the phone receiver, as I said. It landed on her foot, on her toe, and, as I understand it, chipped a nail. I see. Where is Brooke now? She's away from the public eye right now. But uh, she's under a doctor's eye. And under, I understand that Terry Shields, Brooke's mother, is with her. And she will have a statement shortly. Okay, thank you for that, Dave. Uh, to sum up what we know then, Brooke may or may not have a chipped toenail. That's right, Fred. And the effect this could have on her career would be difficult to assess at this moment. Uh -huh. Wait a minute, Fred. The bedroom door is open. Terry Shields is coming towards me. This could be that prepared statement that she promised us earlier. This is Terry Shields with the prepared Read statement. The microphone right here. At 12.47 this afternoon, my daughter, Brooke Shields, the model, dropped a telephone receiver on the little toe of her left foot. There is a small chip of cherry red polish that was dislodged by the impact, and there has been a small amount of cuticle damage. Is Brooke in there now, Mrs. Shields? She's resting, Dave. It's been quite a shock. Mrs. Shields. Fred wants to talk to you, Mrs. Shields. Yes, Fred. Uh, Brooke had a date tonight with John Travolta. How will this date be affected? I'm afraid Brooke won't be going out tonight, Fred. Well, this will be a big disappointment to John's fans and Brooke's who wanted to know what movie they were going to see. We'll never know now, Fred, but I'll call John and invite him to spend an evening here with Brooke and me doing some quiet, non-strenuous activity. 
Backgammon again, Mrs. Shields? I'm not at liberty to comment on that at this time. Okay, thank you, Terry. Thank you, Dave. Uh, to recap today's events, then, Brooke has chipped a toenail. It's forced her to cancel her night at the movies with John Travolta. John will stop by later on while he will spend a quiet evening with Brooke and Terry, perhaps playing backgammon, we don't know. We'll have the complete story tonight on the evening edition. Good day. This has been the Brooke Report with Fred Coppler, brought to you by People Products. Open up the box, find a friend. And that wraps up this show. I'm Bill Allard. I'm Merle Kessler. This was Behind the Comedy, the story of Duck's Breath Mystery Theatre. Support for this program comes from the Public Radio Exchange. You can help reshape the sound of public radio at prx.org. Andy Paley composed and produced the Behind the Comedy music. Duck's Breath Mystery Theatre is Bill Allard, Dan Coffey, Merle Kessler, Leon Martel, and Jim Turner. The Ducks are managed by Steve Baker. Their web guru is Rick Alba. Find out more about the Ducks at ducksbreath.com, where you can also purchase CDs of this program. Other voices included Jan Marie Baldwin, Sherry Kramer, Deborah Gwynn, and Maureen McBerry. For production assistance, thanks to Joshua Raoul Brody, David Teslath, Rick Sadel, and John Altman. Thanks to Len Feldman and Riverbend Entertainment for getting this project rolling. And a very special Good hello, and welcome back, radio listeners. This is Hour 2 of the Oob Radio Salon on DFM Radio. Episode number 646, if you can believe it, Insominus Weltenschong. Special remote guests, Austin Rich. Why don't we spend the night alone? We've just returned from the intermission segment of the show, where we played another excerpt from Duck's Breath Mystery Theater. Now, let's get back into the studio for more live experimental frequencies and literary gems and wonders.
what they drank, and et. Burger King at Vermont and 2nd. Next booth, two women. Talking singing. And fat. Singers. on the ladies, neither thin nor fat. You know, average. Lady. Since Paul Brody started losing weight, his voice has declined considerably. That's true. That's really true. And they're saying the same thing about Aretha. With some justification. Salad bars. Beverage.
Profiles in Cartilage. Mirrors can be helpful. Left side of my face is Kerouac. That classic shot of him on East 7th Street, New York. Fifty-three. His right profile. My right side is... I don't know. Sam Elliott. Bradford Dillman. Someone innocuously... Handsome. Which, in the proper lighting, will get the broads? Which will intimidate them less? Head on, I'm Peter Falk. De Niro. No choice there. wife of this guy I don't much like, who plays the stereo too loud downstairs from me. Lady, it best you don't know my name. I bang you old man. He ain't shit. I hope you punish him good. Marla.
often than not lately, I'm not simple when I spot an object in frame that I haven't previously noticed been there, I take for granted it's having moved, to have entered contrast, to have suddenly impacted upon an already more or less max-focused visual consciousness. From unnoticed to noticed, unseen to seen. The auto response is to postulate, hallucinate, motion. On the printed page, on the other hand, when whole sentences, paragraphs change on me. As new swarms of letters emerge willy-nilly from type font ether. That I don't perceive as motion. because it isn't basic behavior for letters to move. Not like with things. Rates, speeds, accelerations vary. Occasionally, an item will just pop into focus. Instant arrival. Elsewhere to here. Zero to infinity. Other times it's like, oh, three who's-its in four seconds, independent of size or surprise. Departures from frame, by definition, you don't notice. From awareness to not. This is just my stuff. Love, for instance, scrutinized or not. You'll notice gone, or going. The eye, as sensor, can at times be just as sighted as the heart. Or love pull. Oh, I get it. 
at high midnight, when, in frame, even bowels don't move, arrival and departure are functionally equalized. How egalitarian. Is that it? Misuses of Night. Belch, it occurs to me, usually, I form the word but. I never append anything. I say but, and that's it. Actually, when I'm bored, sometimes I belch bah. without the T to cap it. It comes out real big. And I have tried to extend but to butter, but generally it comes out butter. The T gets dissipated in stretching it out. Thank <laughs> you.
don't get around much any. But I do get out, and today I saw this hep cat. This blade, the greatest thing I ever saw in my life. His underwear was sticking out over a classy apricot button-down, out from under silver beltless polyester slacks. too tight. The shorts were loose at the band and stuck out two inches. It's enough to make me want to get out tomorrow. Fuel 
you please befriend me? Be my second best and listen to my every word. To the virile heart that beats beneath it. made bigger mistakes in the last hour than you could possibly make coming home with me. A more accessible poet than anyone else on the bill. More macho and more stern. Play Willow Wheat for me on my rented baritone sax. I'll show you some fun. Hey, time permitting, I'll write you a poem. Of a woman in love. 
So I'm thinking, I killed something. I'm a fat, ugly fuck, and maybe I killed something. Like I once caused a geezer in a pickup to swerve around with crushed steel. Broken glass. Then I just drove on. I was late for karate class or something. Didn't look or sound like death. But maybe this time I killed someone. Sally Harwin killed Gandhi with a chair. In a dream once. And I buried him with sheepdogs snooping round. Carpenters eyeing me funny. But I didn't kill him. Cross my heart. I didn't. But maybe I killed something. Or drank someone's Guinness, ate all their sardines, and pawed their wife through pantyhose. Tried or wanted to. And in the privacy of their John, a droplet of mine might have splattered off the seat onto their bathroom. Got out alive, if that's what it was. But I'm not sure I killed nobody. The shivers, the shakes. People glare at me from 80 directions, their air horns at a hockey game. I don't think I've killed a single man woman in recent months. Although I don't know. Did I kill somebody? Tell me if I did, because I just don't. p.m. I sit with you as you read this. I'm reading over your shoulder. At 11.03, as a courtesy to me, 
you begin to read aloud. Occasionally, you misread a word or supply unintended emphasis, but I don't object. You hesitate at phonetic misspellings. How bizarre. At 11.07, you sneeze on the page. Willfully, if not deliberately. You put on a sweater. At 11.11, you turn to me, say nothing, pack it in. Bleak are both our lives, and the capital of Idaho is Boise. Screams in the night. From my living room window, from out there somewhere, another window. Carter, please, I'm gonna come. Sonic nothing to cunt alive something sounds about 30. Signing on, signing off. Usually I have no patience for other people's pleasure. Their manifestation of pleasures, of which I am no wise part. Friends' exclusive pleasures are bothersome enough. But strangers? Well, honey, I have patience for yours. 
a Tuesday at 10, and never again. Holy Christ, my heart. brackish, but can't center clock combined, coming constrict, could days do doing, down east, easy eye, falling find, floor, four four forethought, forget, 44, 43, 42, free fall, fucking, fucking, gelid, gloom, good, handkerchief, have, head, he who doesn't, hold, honor, I, 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 I'd, I'm, in, incontrovertible, is, isn't, it, it, no, late, learning, live, living, lost, lung, moment, my, my, myself, necessary, neither, night, no, nor, nose, nostrils, not, not, of, olding, on, 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 or, out, over pants, parade, passes, post-life, pouring, pray, pulp, reverse, risks, roll, rolling, rough, save, scabrous, secret, seemed, self, slashing, sliding, slipped, soundless, spontaneous, spurn, street, staining, such, taking, talk, tawdry, that the, 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 this, thou, thy, time, timeless, to tumid, unstoppable, walking was, wasn't, wayless what, what weather with, 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 without witness, wander, would wounded, wounding years, yesterday, you, your.
The wisdom of Europe. Born alone, you die alone. And sometimes, not alone. You're not dying. On the cracked macadam of a hot, winding street, at twilight, cool as spring water, cool as butterscotch pudding, lies a boy on macadam at twilight, surrounded by neighbors, gardeners, nannies with strollers, park and watch. I don't want this, he moans, referring, it would seem, to the neck brace, the cast on his foot, the hank of hair missing from his scalp, only now being dressed, or to the largest crowd ever assembled on the street. Don't anybody touch me, he remonstrates, neither paralyzed nor dying, as attendants prepare to load him into the emergency vehicle. Get out of my life. Or was that light? Alone, not alone, alone, not alone. Sunset over Los Feliz. Gather round. In the Mez. But I still haven't told you about a pencil I neither love nor loathe, and either use or peruse that is either mine or someone else's, a ride I'm either taking or giving to a place I'm unsure either I or my driver or passenger is all that committed to going or being. Distant cause, recent cause, current condition, reverse sequence, and bearing. A relentless finality. End without end. Mysteries. One remains. Why is water at foot level so cold to the touch just after I've begun showering? Possible answers? One, the bulk of what originally was tested from the faucet, i.e. before it heated up, has not yet drained. Two, temperature of the tub enamel itself is still relatively Does that exhaust it? This time on dfm.nu. Hopefully, this is loud enough now so that you can check out that broadcast schedule for more live programs worldwide. 
Also, if you can, please donate to DFM by clicking the donation button on the website to help keep things running out there in the main DFM studio building in Amsterdam. Archives of all Oob Radio episodes are available at Internet Archive Podcasts, at iTunes, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, and wherever you find nice podcasts. Video clips available at vimeo.com slash We'll be back next week with Jack Hertz. Thank you so much, Dasanita. Kiss. This was written without a word processor. Kiss my wild Irish ass. Excerpts from The Night Alone by Richard Meltzer.